Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, shapes, sorts, and sizes. This is Josh Belcher, host of the Uncharted Podcast. Special edition, happy Cinco de Mayo to you. We've got a great lineup of guests. We've got lead vocalist Brad Arnold of Three Doors Down. He's on deck to talk about the 20-year anniversary of their smash album, The Better Life. We've got hilarious Nashville native stand-up comedian, Ashley Corby. She's going to be talking about her career in comedy, her smash podcast, I Got Dumped podcast with co-host Hannah Slay, and her monthly residency here in Nashville at the Bold Patriot Brewing Company, which is that first show she's got coming up next, is May 7th at 7 o'clock. Be sure to get your tickets. I myself on Cinco de Mayo, I'm going to Zany's Nashville to see the great Gary Chapman's surprisingly entertaining variety show. It's a date night, looking forward to that. Might have a margarita. Sounds exciting. Well, it is for me because after one, I'm feeling pretty good. Without further ado, thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and let's get on with the Uncharted podcast. Here we go. Right now on the podcast, we have a rock star extraordinaire. Three Doors Down lead vocalist Brad Arnold. He's on deck to talk about the 20-year anniversary of their smash album, The Better Life. That's coming up next. Enjoy. Brad. What's up, man? Hey, thanks for taking the time. Sorry, I, I, missed, the, I missed the cell phone uh, digits. It all good. Anyway, glad to finally have you on the pod. Uh, been real proud of you guys. I know y'all located Tennessee for a smidge, and that's where I was born and raised. So uh, what's going on with cool. you? Cool, man. That's where I live right now. I live in Murfreesboro. I love it up here, man. Yeah, I love Tennessee. I'm, I'm a Columbia. I live in the mule capital of the world. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Columbia's not far from here, is it? How far is Columbia from Murfreesboro? Uh, probably 50 minutes if you go as fast as I try to. <laughs> that's cool. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. So, like, I know, I know, you know, the 20th anniversary, I'm assuming, was last year of The Better Life, and then, you know, COVID hit. So, I just wanted to talk about, you know, the great package you can you have for the exclusive, and then are you guys going to tour now in support of it, or what's going on? We're going to try our best to uh, tour this summer in support of it, and uh, and kind of, you know, we had a bunch of dates set for 2020, and we're trying to um, – kind of mirror those dates as close as possible and so far so good and we're hoping to uh, we don't have any dates announced yet but we're hoping to have those dates announced uh, pretty soon and hopefully have some shows starting up in July and going through on through October and any of the stuff that maybe doesn't get to happen in July will just get maybe moved to uh, the end of October into November so because tours never when you when you say you're starting the tour in July and it's going to end in October, what that means is that it's actually going to end in like February. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> you know, I hear you. I hear you. but that's a good thing too. I like that. I like adding two tours. We don't like canceling them. We're fine with adding two. Yeah, that's awesome. Are are you guys going to like do uh, do a couple of shows or all shows where you play the whole album in its entirety, or what's the plan with that? We are, we are, and and you know, of course, along with those shows, we will play. Uh, we will play uh, the songs that everybody expects you to play, and I mean, in you know, those, and because I've 
been to shows where they want to play. I've been to shows where a band wants to play the entire record, but then they don't play the other songs. And I'm like, hey, man, I, yeah. I, want, I wanted that, but I wanted other songs too. And uh, so we'll do both. But, you know, what What kind of inspired that is uh, several years ago, you know, I mean, of course, it, it's a cool thing to do it for the 20-year anniversary. But um, several years ago, we got a chance to play, like, uh, three or four shows with Aerosmith. And on that in particular tour, they came out and played the entire Toys in the Attic record, which came oh, wow. out way before I was born. But nonetheless, yeah. it was just cool that they played a record, like, front to back. And I was like, I want to do that one day. And then when the 20-year anniversary came up, it gave us a good opportunity. And, and uh and you know what I mean? Maybe next year, next year will be the 20th anniversary of Away from the Sun, so maybe we'll do it then too. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up. That's my absolute favorite song of your guys and my uh, to me. And uh, my girlfriend you, and I were my girlfriend and I were watching you, you know, jamming on um, on YouTube the video where you had on that white shirt and you looked like you'd done taking about five showers. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I was thinking, I was looking, you know. Some of those videos have 700 million views. What, what does it feel like to know 700 million people like to stare at you? It's very crazy, man. I, you know, I'm that's pretty crazy because that's a lot of people. Because I go through there sometimes. I go through there sometimes and uh, and look at and read comments and stuff on YouTube on some of those uh, songs and like, you know, I put a post on my Instagram. It's been maybe like. A year and a half ago, or something like that, where where uh, where Hubertachi had had like 500 million views on YouTube, and mm-hmm. and you know that, that song is that song's 18 years old, but it got added to YouTube like that. It's, it got re-added, taken off, and re-added. Uh, Universal did that to all their music 11 years ago. So those 500 million views has been in the last 11 years. But I the other day and then like just the last like year and a half that thing that video from a song that's 18 years old has had almost 150 million views so it's still that song it's like it gets probably a million or so views a week and for a song that's 18 years old pretty good yeah and of course you know superhero day yesterday people people playing it you know every year there's some there's some kind of theme where you know you can't forget that song every time i go to a predator game or a titans game they play it so it's it's gonna be with you till death, man. You're stuck with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Instagram, I saw you on there drumming, which is I'm a drummer in remission. Uh, do you, how good are your skills? Can Can you hold your own? I played. I will see. I started out as our drummer. I was the oh, drummer wow. of uh, Three Doors Down until we started touring, and uh, we got another drummer. So I played on our first record, and and uh, like Kryptonite and stuff. I I wrote that song. Well, I actually wrote it on my desk, but I wrote that song on the drums, um, and it was written around that drum beat, rather than, you know, like most songs being written around a guitar part. Um, yeah. And so that song was actually written around that drum beat, and I played on the first record, and right, I wrote the second record on the drums, and then uh, Josh Freeze played that record. Um, but then I play, and I have good meter, but I ain't that good a drummer. <laughs> I just... I, I mean, I got good sense about it, but I just think that I ain't that uh, I'm not that wonderful. But I'll tell you what, I did learn. I have learned over about the last month is I live on a farm in in, uh, in Tennessee here, and uh, and I've been clearing out these old fence lines and tree and just clearing out some of the woods and stuff. So I bought me a skid steer, and being a drummer is invaluable to driving a skid steer because man, you can drive them. <laughs> fire out of a <laughs> I can scratch your back with that thing because you know you're using both hands and your feet with it. 
I can drive the hell out of this deer. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, yeah, I feel that. That's how I always felt about like. See, I just had total shoulder replacement surgery. Uh huh. That's how I was with five speed because as a drummer, you're, you're using everything, all feet. Uh huh. You just you know you get accustomed to it. Um, that's right. I, talking about the first drummer, which is that was some great drumming on that album. Um, I've heard the stories, but I didn't really know. Wasn't Three Doors Down like your first band ever, and then you just guys went to skyrocket stardom? Like you never had another group. Yeah, man, it's the only band I've ever been in. I've been well, I've been in this band for, since I was 15 years old. Yeah, and uh, I'm 42 now, so I've been in this band way longer than I haven't been in this band. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've been in it. I've been we've we've been going for 26 years. 20, whoa, wow, yeah. I'm old. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, man. I'm right there with you. I understand. I mean, oh. I've been been a fan since the get, but I'd heard a story and I couldn't really remember. I was like. You know how many people, it's like, man, I was in 12 bands. Or like Art Alex Sockets, he was like almost 40 before Everclear took off. And you're the only yeah. one I ever heard that's like, well, I was in this band, and then we just became the biggest thing since sliced bread. I, I love that story. That's like a very rare occasion. It by the grace of God, man, because it happened to us like it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? It happened to us like it happens on movies, and that's not yeah. how it happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's how it happened to us, and it's by the grace of God, man. That's it, but it turned out well. You guys, are, you know, you guys are still relevant, and you still got fans, myself included. Well, I, you know, I got one more uh, question for you. And appreciate your time. I know you got stuff going on, but NFL drafts tonight. Who's your team? What are your predictions? You know what? I, honestly, I don't really follow football that much. I, I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't follow sports that much. Uh, if I, if I follow a sport it, at all, it's probably NASCAR, and yeah. uh, uh, and I really don't follow it that closely anymore. But uh, I still like watch your ace, but I don't really care who wins, you know? I hear you. Right, well, it ain't like you've got a lot of idle time in your life. <laughs> I mean, you, but, you know, I'll, but at the same time, I'll go, I'll go to a Titans game or something, and I'll go yeah. to a Predators game. I like going. So I, I, I mean, I'll, go, I'll go to any kind of sports game. It's just like I sit there and I don't care who wins. But I, my thing is, is on tour, uh, when we're on tour, I like watching my band members watch ball games because they care. Oh, a lot. I, hear, <laughs> I, hear I, and, I mean, being from so I lived in Tennessee, but being from South Mississippi, I mean, you grew up. We all grew up. You like the Saints down there. Everybody likes the Saints down there. Yeah. And uh, but I, I bet I don't really follow it that much, honestly. Yeah, uh, yeah. It made me think about because one of the videos I watched, your guitarist, he had a Saints uh, guitar. But anyway, Brad. Oh yeah, dude. They live and breathe it. <laughs> That's my time, brother. God bless you. When you come down to Columbia, we'll uh, we'll take you down here to Puckett's and get something good to eat. Well, that sounds good. Heck yeah, man. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a real treat for you this week on the Uncharted Podcast. Stand-up comedian and Nashville native Ashley Corby's on deck. She's got a podcast of her own. It's really, really great called I Got Dumped Podcast with co-host Hannah Slay. She also has a monthly residency here in Nashville, Tennessee at the Bold Patriot Brewing Company. Her next show is May 7th at 7 o'clock. Be sure to get your tickets. We discuss this and a whole lot more right now on Uncharted. Ashley Corby, Nashville's finest comedian, one of the greats. You're from Nashville, right? Oh, thank you. Yeah, I am. I'm born and raised. I am from Hermitage. Tennessee, uh, it is about 15 minutes east of downtown Nashville. Nice. Close to President Andrew Jackson, all that good yep. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we're neighbors, kind of. Yeah, sure. 
I hear you. I'm a, I'm a national, well, not national native. I was from Franklin, but it's so rare. Like we were talking at uh, uh, Jeff Allen's to, to meet and talk to somebody that's from here. Yeah, it's it's not common at all. Most people have yeah. just moved here within the past ten years or so, and they're taking over. That's right. I have my girlfriend's from Indiana. I don't hold that against her, but um, she's a transplant as well. So. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I mean, I'm. I mean, I'll let it slide because she's your girlfriend, but I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I am like, why do you guys keep moving here? You're making the lines long at the CVS. <laughs> the Chick-fil-A line is way too long because y'all keep moving here. That's it. And they got the kids standing outside in all-terrain weather. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, like I said, and we'll reiterate, but um, I was, you know, I, I, I watched you. You started a few weeks after I did. And right out of the gate here in Nashville, you won uh, Funniest Comedian at Spanky's, which is like our most prestigious honor <laughs> at Fresca. And um, uh, then, uh, you know, second or third show, I was sitting watching you do your thing and got a laugh break or an applause break, which was very impressive. And um, you've just been rocking and rolling ever since. What has happened since the times we were running around versus now? What's going on in your life? Well, now, I mean, uh, you know, thank you for the compliment. You're very, you're very kind. Uh, so that would have been in 2010. And yeah. uh, I guess since then, a lot's happened. I mean, I've definitely been in a lot of uh, bad relationships since then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotten plenty of material. And uh, I started a podcast called I Got Dumped, where I talk about you know, my relationship failures. I lived in Chicago for a little while. I took classes at the Second City. I did, you know, um, the scene in Chicago, the stand-up scene there. Uh, got on some shows, learned a lot, bombed a lot. And then I uh, came back to Nashville. I've worked on a couple of different projects. You know, just like as a comedian, I think you kind of got to do more than just stand-up. You know, you got to find uh, something else to offer. The more you have to offer, the more opportunities that you are able to get. So I've I picked up a lot of sketch projects. I really like acting. Mm-hmm. So I've done that throughout the years. And now I've got this podcast. I'm producing a monthly show called Brutally Funny. It's at the Bold Patriot Brewery here in Nashville. It's a new brewery. And I have a hard time saying that word. I don't know. I guess yeah, I guess sometimes I kind of struggle with the southern accent. I had a club manager tell me that he noticed when I'm on stage, I sound way more country and southern than I do off stage. But every now and then, I think I'll it'll kind of come out when I struggle to say, you know, 50-cent words. Yeah, it's like our native tongue. You know, it's kind of like the, the uh, Hispanics that move here. You know, they'll talk to us and then talk in their own tongue. But, yeah, I understand the country comes out in me, too, mainly if I'm getting pissed off about something, so. Oh, yeah, that too. That or, yeah, but the more drama that I have coming out of my mouth, the more Southern I have coming out of my mouth. That's it. <laughs> once, once, the, once the shirts or shoes are coming off, it's time to fight. So. <laughs> well, my, <laughs> I keep my shirt on nowadays. So yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you talked about the sketch stuff, and I remember you did the, the Ruby Ray, right? Ruby Ray. Uh, you yeah. Still on that? Yeah, we are, uh, my be- that's my best friend Jamie's project. Uh, she started that character about 20-something years ago. Uh, we've tried to bring it back a few times, but uh, we're definitely working on it this summer. That's one of my goals is to bring that project back. Uh, 
it, we don't know exactly what way we're going to go, what route we're going to go, but it's fun. It's two characters. They're best friends, but one's a narcissist and is slightly abusive to the other one, which is my character, who just cries a lot and gets in a lot of bad relationships. And It's funny because I just really put a side of myself into that character. Can you hear that dog barking? I, I can't. It actually sounds like you're in a, a scene for Cinderella because the birds are chirping and everything. Okay, and I'll I, go inside. I, I, no, I, I like it. It reminds okay. me of the part where they came to help her sew her dress. Well, I like being compared to Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> I just waiting for I'm waiting for Gus Gus to, to start uh, telling you, you know, put your dress on and get ready for the carriage. But uh, no, it sounded so delightful, all the birds chirping and everything. Okay, okay, nice. All right, I'll I'll stay out here then. It's just such a beautiful day. <laughs> I, I, I work as a waitress during the day, so I'm just kind of inside all day. And then, you know, if I get out early, it's like, oh, there's still some sun. That's it. I hear you. Um, speaking of that, and I know, uh, you know, one of your claims to fame, obviously, was being a Hooters girl. I know you don't do that now, but you, do you talk about that a lot in your stand-up, your, your personal Oh, stand-up? yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, yeah, that's basically right now my stand-up is a collection of, you know, my favorite jokes I've written over the past 10 years, and a lot of that is about my time at Hooters. So, you know, I let people know that, you know, I consider myself a retired Hooters girl. I worked at Hooters for 12 years. I did 10 years in Rivergate, which is also right right outside of Nashville. Uh, And uh, then I did two years in Chicago. I like to talk about it like it's in Afghanistan. I'm like, yeah, I did a couple years. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and then I talk a lot about uh, my friends, you know, from Hooters, because we were all pretty wild. I talk about that. I was friends with a homeless man who I used, I brought two spankies. Um, <laughs> yeah, which, was, which wasn't a good idea, you know, because he was drunk and just uh, yelling yep. out a lot. But um, <laughs> and so I talk about that. Uh, I talk a lot about having worked there because it was, you know, people throw a lot of shade at Hooters. And, you know, I uh, think that we're, you know, low-grade strippers or whatever it is that people think. But it, it actually was a really fun place to work, and it it teaches you a lot. And uh, they actually do a lot of charity work. And, I mean, there are girls that I know who have risen through the ranks working at Hooters and, you know, now work at the corporate offices. And, you know, or it, it, they they kind of became models from it became photographers because they were models and wanted to, um, you know, pursue the artistic, a more artistic side of it. Yeah, yeah, it it does a lot. Like, it it gets a bad rap because of how we're dressed. But I think that Hooters kind of taught me how to entertain. Because, you know, Hooters girls are considered entertainers. You're not just a waitress. Like, you're, when I started there, like, that was, hey, you're expected to entertain the guests. And I had never, I was very insecure. I had never, you know, really talking, like I would talk to people, but strangers, going up to strangers and introducing myself and then having to, you know, keep their attention and entertain them. I had never done that before. And I think Hooters kind of taught me how to do that and gave me the confidence in doing that and then you know kind of learning how to crack jokes on people i mean which i think as a comedian comes naturally to us but definitely that job taught me i think uh refines me in any kind of skills social skills that i had 
Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Do, you. do you feel like that sets you up for a for a pursuit of stand-up? Because, I mean, it seems like the stories alone, you can find humor in, in at least, you know, half of them for sure. You know, just, well, just yeah. half yeah, well, what's, what's funny is uh, I had friends that were like, you really need to do stand-up. And I was, you know, I was insecure. So I was like, oh, there's no way. You know, I, I, I was a writer, and but I didn't think that there was any way I could ever write an actual joke. And I was very intimidated by it. But my manager at Hooters also bartended at Spanky's, where they were doing the open mic night for years in Nashville. And she was like, look, I work at this bar, and they got comedians coming out for amateur night every Tuesday night. You're funnier than them. You could do this. <laughs> and, you know, and that was so nice of her because, I mean, I, I don't really think I was that much funnier than those guys that had been doing it, you know, for years. I mean, we had some really talented people in Nashville yeah. in 2010 and still do that, you know, had been doing it for years and had really – made an art of it and were very well crafted and honed and then here I came you know and they didn't really like me I mean you know here I am this blonde top heavy chick works at Hooters you know uh they I don't think they expected me to stick around I, I got harassed a lot I don't know if you knew that I mean I would get weird threats from some of the other comedians in Nashville they really did not want me on the scene but that just pushed me harder because it was like well, I have to prove my, this to myself that I can do this. I have to prove this to my friends that I can do this. And now I have to prove this to all of these guys that I've never knew prior, you know, till 2010. I got to prove to them that I belong here just as much as they do. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I didn't know about the threats, but I could totally see that because that group of those guys, it, it seemed like there was two sets of them and everybody was constantly at each other's throats about something like our core in Nashville versus, like, if you're in Chicago or New York or California, where everybody kind of, like, had each other's back and was supportive, it would be, like, the funnier you were, the more people would dislike you. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was very dog-eat-dog. And then I went to Chicago, and uh, it didn't really seem to be, at that time, that scene there didn't seem to be as torn and divided as, say, Nashville was. Uh, and I, I stayed out of that stuff. I mean, I was there just like, this is for school. This is like, I'm in training and, you know, just hit the mics as much as I could. I got as much stage time as much as I could wrote, had life experiences that were relatable to continue to write. And just really, I mean, I grinded the whole time I was there, um, yeah. until I moved back cause I lost my job and it was like, well, I financially cannot support myself and be in a comic at night in Chicago. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. It wasn't working out for me. So then I came back here and uh, we started doing the Ruby project again. And uh, I had been in a, I fell into a deep depression moving, you know, I'd never been fired from a job. And I had this idea that my life was going to go, I was going to move to Chicago and do stand up, And then I was going to move to New York and then I was going to move to LA. And that was the path I was going to go. And when I couldn't make it in Chicago, I was like, I'll never make it anywhere then, you know? And it was, it was a real, uh, it was, it was real, bu a, a big bummer, you know, but, yeah. well, but I'm I will, here. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you this. I always thought um, that you were a great, a brilliant comedy writer. I still do. I, I think it comes more natural to you than, than some of the rest of us. Like, your skills of writing, like, you know, when we were in a little writing class and you're, you know, you're, you're talking about your steps and everything. You've always been good at the writing part and, um, and it just everything else will follow. But, you know, speaking of moving, uh, in recent months, I've had two 
pretty well-known, uh, established comedians from our area on the pod. I've had uh, Brad Sativa and Dusty Slay, and both of them say the same thing, that if you're, if you're great, it doesn't matter where you're at, they're going to find you. And, uh, you know, through the power of technology or whatever. So I think, you know, just keep plugging away. I mean, it'll come to you because everybody's leaving L.A. now. Everybody's leaving California and, like, moving here in Texas. So Yeah, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Yep. And then um, I wanted to uh, revert back to the Bold Patriot Brewery. Now, with your comedy show, I saw on a couple of bills, like, you'd have a magician as well, or are you phasing away yeah. from that? What's the premises? No, it, it is a comedy and magic show. So we, I do like to have magicians on there closing out the show. Stephen Bargetsy is a close friend of mine. Uh, he's actually my mentor. He uh, closed out the show the first time, and then I wanted to have him on every show. But uh, Jason Michaels is another com- uh, magician who works with Stephen, and Stephen was like, put him on. And then, uh, but next month, I think I'm going to do just a comedy show. Uh, I want to have Renard Hirsch close out the show. Because this is the thing, right? I can't have magicians or headliners. So I can't have a magician, you know, headline. They're they're expensive. (laughs) They're they're expensive. So it's like, well, you know, uh, I I don't want to put up a magician as a feature act because they're headliners. But I want to also have comedy headliners on the show, and I just think it kind of does a disservice to a headliner to put them as a feature, you know? Yeah. And there's, we only have, like, five magicians, I think, uh, in Nashville, is what Steven told me. So, you know, I'd be cycling through the same five guys. Oh, that sounded yeah. real bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and like you said, I, I agree. The only time you ever see, like, a magician, uh, like, like featuring or opening – is when they're like with Frank Sinatra or somebody of that caliber. So I totally get yeah. as far as like um, all that. But, you know, that's cool that you feature a, music, um, a musician, a magician, because, you know, there's only five here because it's exciting to see them. Like Stephen, I know, is on the Gary Chapman show at Zany's this uh, Cinco de Mayo, and I'm going to go to that, so I'm pretty excited. Oh, I didn't know he was doing that. Yeah, uh, uh, it's on their website. Gary Chapman, he's, you know, he's hosted a lot of stuff in Nashville, but he's doing a variety show. And uh, he, I saw that Stephen was on there, and that was the main sale for me because I've never seen him live. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. Oh man, he puts on a great show. Stephen uh-huh. is, uh, he is one of the funniest people I've ever seen perform. I mean, he's just naturally a funny person. Mm-hmm. He's very yeah. funny. He's a, he's a great magician, but he's also really funny. Yeah, and you can then, see where his son gets it from. Yeah, sure. That's what I was about to say. It sounds like the apple didn't fall too far. But um, anyway, let's let's end back on this. I got dumped podcast because I, I follow you on Instagram. It's funny stuff, and nobody's doing this kind of um, banter and stuff as far as podcast goes. Like you take it further than like uncomfortability to the point where it gets kind of awkward. But you like uh, just pursue through it. Like, how did you get the premise for this podcast? Well, I had just been dumped. And, uh, you know, I I was really hurting, you know, and I was like, well, what can I do with this? I want to do something with this and I want to move on from this. And and then I finally had gotten past it. And it was like, you know, I think that I learned a lesson in that relationship and in that breakup. And I think it would help other people. And I just kind of rolled with it and was like, you know, I mean, I have had a long history of bad relationships. I do get dumped a lot. 
And I thought, well, I got plenty of content and material. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever run out of ideas with this. This could be something. But I didn't really think that much into it, honestly. At first, I mentioned it to Hannah Slay just kind of in passing. Like, oh, I had. she said she was, you know, a, a friend of ours had asked her to do a podcast. And she was like, just seems like a lot of work. It's about history. And I don't know if I have, you know, that kind of time to commit to um, – to this, this subject matter. And I said, oh, that's funny you say that because I had an idea, you know, of, of maybe doing a podcast about breakups. And she was just like, I love it. And I didn't really think, you know, that she was like, I love it and we should do it. And I was like, okay, cool. And then like the next day she's like, all right, we need to get our pictures taken and start working on the thumbnail art. And uh, like a few days after that, she was working on the song. And I was like, oh, okay. So she's really you know, gung-ho and uh, very business-like, and I didn't, I don't have any of this podcast equipment or anything like that. She does all that, so I guess I kind of needed her, you know, to make the idea come to life, and she, she was really just all over it and made it happen. Well, you're, you're a great team, and it's it's very professionally done. Thank you. It sounds great. The quality is awesome. I'm I'm a fan. But yeah, when you find somebody like that, you know, it's like, no pun intended, but any great relationship, you just, Hone it and, uh, you know, do, do what you do and, and appreciate it, and it's just sky's the limit. So, um, have you guys, do you guys have merch? Are y'all doing the stickers and the shirts and all that good stuff? Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely something that we need to do next, and I was thinking of the stickers, the I yeah. Got Dumped stickers. Yeah, well, I'll just go ahead and tell you that, um, and, and I'm not, they don't endorse me, but Sticker Mule is the best route to go. They're really reasonable, and they make uh, excellent stickers when you get to that point, so. Okay, great. I'll write that down. But, Thank you for yeah. letting me know. Ashley, you're amazing. What? Uh, tell us that next Thank show. You. You're touring as well. What? What's your next couple of gigs? And how can everybody get a hold of you? You know, on your socials and everything, if they want to learn more about you. Well, everybody can follow me on Instagram at Ashley's Got Jokes. I also have a YouTube channel that you know I occasionally put up my stand up or a sketch that I'm doing. Ashley's Got Jokes. Um, Ashley's Got Jokes on Twitter. I mean, really, you could just put that anywhere, and that should be me that comes up. Um, I will be at the Bold Patriot Brewery May 7th. I don't know when you're going to air this, but, uh, that's this Friday. I will be there. I produce that show first Friday of every month. Uh, in June 26th, I will be in Indiana, uh, Edinburgh, Indiana, I think is what it's called. Hey, have you ever heard of Edinburgh? No. Okay. No, I might that, be saying it wrong. <laughs> Newburgh. 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 Yeah. Yes. She said okay. yes. That's right where she's from. So you're going close to Evansville. Well let me yeah. let me forewarn you, all the people there look like hills have eyes, so don't make don't make eye contact. Oh really? Yeah. I you well, know what? I really like Indiana. I have been uh very blessed in that uh after COVID happened and things started opening back up that Indiana was continuously booking me. There's a comic named Joshua Turley out there who uh produces a lot of shows and he's given me a lot of work. And uh Arkansas. I've gotten I've done a lot in Arkansas. I mean it blows my mind. I had never been to Arkansas before twenty twenty and I've been there like <laughs> five or six times in the past year. How the places you least likely think you'll be involved in just kind of gravitate towards you? Yeah, 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 absolutely. But uh, they like comedy. They're hungry for comedy out there, I think. You know, I mean, it's going good. I have nothing too negative to say about either one of those states. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, pro so, Indiana, pro Arkansas. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll be uh, – I mean, that's about – that's almost all I have. Then July, I think July 7th through the 10th, I'll be at the Looney Bin in Little Rock, Arkansas. Awesome. And, have, yeah. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but have you – have you been to or are going to Gutty's? Like I, just, I know Lee Harden just went there. That seems like a pretty happening spot for comedy. It's in Indiana somewhere. Yeah, I've reached out to them once since the pandemic, and I'm going to reach out to them again and okay. see if I can get some work with them because I hear good things too. Good, good things. Okay, so yeah. so same boat. We're we're pro Indiana for the most part in Arkansas, so that's good. Arkansas. And that wraps up another fun-filled edition of the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. Special thanks to guest Brad Arnold of Three Doors Down, hilarious stand-up comedian Ashley Corby. Appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. Very much enjoyed the interviews. Most importantly, thank you, the listener, because without you, there's no point in doing this. And I appreciate you taking the time as we're getting into the 100-plus episodes deep. And I'll keep doing them as long as you keep listening because I thoroughly enjoy it. I appreciate it. I want you to have a safe, happy, and healthy Cinco de Mayo drinking party within reason because it's right in the middle of a work week. And we'll do this all again really, really soon. So peace out, Eagle Scout. Know that I love you for you and where you're at in life. And we'll catch you next time. All right, this is Josh Belcher saying later alligator, I guess. All right, bye.